This episode of Down to Business is brought to you by Harvard Pilgrim Healthcare, guiding our local communities to better health for over 50 years. Hi, everyone. This is Jeff Feingold, editor of New Hampshire Business Review, bringing you our Down to Business podcast for June 17th, 2020. And this week, we have a very special guest, Lisa Carter-Knight, who's the uh, owner of uh, Drinkwater Marketing in Exeter. And we're here to talk about her. I'm, I'm, I'm joined by Lisa Ryla, our associate editor, talking, discussing various issues with, with, uh, with Lisa. And uh, just basically, Lisa, first of all, you've been in the state for 20 years, and you've, have you always been in marketing? Yes, I have. Uh, business development and marketing. Okay, and and you have been and you've not, but you're not, but you've came from elsewhere as I'd have. I'm you know, from New York City, and I believe you're from from. I think you were from New York as well, or is that? Yes, uh, yes, New York. Yes, a New, a New Yorker. Where is where are you from? Um, I, sure, I I actually was not born and raised in New York. I was born and ra- raised in uh, the Philadelphia, South Jersey area. But oh, I cool. um, went to a a uh, a neat little school called the Fashion Institute of Technology. Um, where a lot of uh, famous fashion designers went, and I uh, um, realized quickly I was not that creative, so I went to the, on the business <laughs> side, uh, fashion mar- fashion marketing. <laughs> and it, is that how you? It, it took me just took me just a few weeks to be in New York to realize how much of a uh, country bumpkin I was coming from <laughs> South Jersey and Philadelphia. <laughs> from, from Philly, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's a that's, yeah. that's how people people in New York like to think about it, you know. New York is the center of the universe, so there you go. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. But so 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 but with your that experience though, you, that that's what brought you to, to New England is uh, is the fashion marketing. Is that how you ended up in this, in this neck of the woods? Yes, much to my surprise, there were a few very large um, uh, product development private label um, houses um, in in New England. And one was in Newburyport, Massachusetts. And so mm-hmm. when I looked on the map and saw it was right on the water, I thought, okay, it doesn't get any better than this. <laughs> um, but once I got up here, I realized that companies like um, New Balance, um, for a foot, this was a haven, uh, New England uh, was a haven for footwear and textiles. Yes, absolutely. And, and, and yeah, all, all New England, in New Hampshire as well, you know, that's where Timberland is based, as you know, yep, in New Hampshire. Now, uh, just, just to get started on this, you, you own Drinkwater for how long? I started Drinkwater uh, Productions LLC, which was a, originally an event plan, event marketing uh, company oh, cool. um, back in 2005. Um, so it was myself and, an, and a, um, a woman I met at daycare. She was a senior editor of Inc. Magazine, and at the time I was working for Timberland Footwear out of Stratum. Cool, cool. So that's how you ended up in New Hampshire. I'm asking this question because I always ask people from New York or, or that part who are from elsewhere how they get to New Hampshire because it's always right. Kind of, and I all, when story. people would ask me that question, I would always make a joke that I I got a scratch card and I never I came here for a scratch card and I never left. But that that actually it, it's not <laughs> it's um it's it, um we we decided to just, uh, my husband and I just decided to you know would be a better place to start kids and we found a great farm just over the border. Um, and, uh, and we, um, and I've never left. That's cool. Yeah, it is, it is, a, it is a great place to raise kids. That's where, you know, as speaking as a Brooklyn boy, you know, we raised our kids in New London, New Hampshire. So 
Uh, anyway, I am amazed now, myself at how, quickly how I, I acclimated from taking subways and cabs um, in New York City um, to um, liking the space and being in the car all the time. <laughs> right. Um, I, I, you know. No, no traffic jams. No traffic jams. Just a couple of uh, chickens going across the road. That's right. Um, where I live. That's about it. <laughs> Now I have to say though, you know, coming from Brooklyn, you know, I, and also I'm, I'm Jewish, so I, you know, I, I settled in a town where I was certainly uh, not in uh, anywhere near. Uh, I think we were the only Jewish family in the town for many years. And you are African American woman living in on the seacoast, and have, have if you could just describe a little bit about your experience as, as you know, just it, you know, how if it was easy to be acclimated, what your response of people in the business community were, or you know, your feelings on that. Sure. I um I always it, it tried to uh, align myself with like-minded individuals. Um, I didn't move here um, as just someone coming to residence. I, I moved here um, for employers, so I had a different little little bit of a different outlook because I was relocated, right? And so mm -hmm. um, I always had folks in the business community surrounding me, and many of those folks um, traveled. So. Um, mm -hmm. You know, initially coming coming into the area, um, working for a Fortune 500 company, traveling, being with my um, my white counterparts who also were traveling, um, it was just one big big family. Um, so I didn't really um, I wasn't trying to um, integrate a neighborhood or a town. Um, I was really focused on the fact that my family and I had relocated um, um, for business, and I, at that time I was I was traveling a lot. It wasn't until I, I started to interact. With the general population, when I when I kicked off Drinkwater um, Productions, where I started to see um, that people were not necessarily used to even um, it, it had it, maybe it had no interaction with anyone of color, um, and now um, I'm asking them to do business with me for a side project, um, and so that's when I started to see that there was a definitely a, a level of not understanding. Uh, 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 just I I could tell at certain points I was making people uncomfortable. Well, and Lisa, I wanted to ask you, because um, we had had a discussion about this last week, and you had mentioned that in New England, um, you know, there's a sense of tradition. And I thought that that was a, it was good that you had mentioned that, because um, New England, you know, New Englanders are so proud of their tradition, but I think that there can be some faults in there as well. And I feel like that kind of ties in with your experience you had with, um the Chamber and Restaurant Week, if you could tell us a little bit more about that endeavor when you started your marketing company, because you really had a, a brilliant idea that was very successful for the Portsmouth area. Sure. Uh, well, well, I came from the Philadelphia area of South Jersey. You know, I had gone to a high school that was probably five or 10 percent um, African-American. Um, to your point, I, I think there was one or two Jewish people, uh, uh, students in the, in the community. So I had already uh, faced um, adversity um, early, early on in life. I didn't come from an all-black neighborhood, so I understood that you know there were people. People had to have a chance to be exposed to who I was and understand me as a, a visual. So I always give people, I always gave people that that chance to understand who I was and be very patient. Right? Um, it's not anyone's fault that you're not um, introduced to different cultures, uh, whether it's food or people, um, and it's, it's a learning process that we all have to. You have to mature too. Um, but I had started uh, a wonderful little um, franchise of trying to bring tourism ideas to um, New Hampshire, particularly on the seacoast side. 
And so in working for companies like uh, Timberland and Staples, I've traveled all over the world. I've been to Asia, Africa, um, uh, Europe. And so what I saw is this concept I was telling uh, uh, Lisa about, which was restaurant weeks. Uh, and this was back in early uh, 2000. So this is many moons ago where restaurant week was a new thing. And so I thought, wow, wouldn't it be great if some, a place like Portsmouth, and by the way, Portsmouth was nowhere near the amount of restaurants it is today. It was something that people were talking about. Portsmouth was about to explode, but in 2005, it was just conversation like, you know, they're coming. <laughs> it's going to be big. They're going to, you know, build a very high, you know, a couple of high rise garage buildings. Can you imagine there's going to be a, a chain restaurant in downtown? You know, it was like, ooh, it was a big, bad, uh, a boogeyman that was coming. But I thought, okay, then maybe this concept that we start now will grow into something big as the comp as the as the town explodes. And um, it was successfully done. It was executed 12 restaurants. Um, I had no way felt anyone was struggling with me or the concept. Um, and I asked the chamber to get involved. And at that time, um, the Portsmouth Chamber was dominated by um, white male banker types um, and not a lot of small business owners, definitely not a lot of women. And I was immediately rejected the idea. Um, hmm. And it was hurtful. It really was because I couldn't, as much as you want to say, this is not about me, you have to say, okay, wait, on my dime, I'm going to do something um, uh, that promotes tourism in, in Portsmouth. They did not have a lot of restaurants as part of the chamber. We talked about that, but there was a reluctance to back any project that I was doing um, yeah. to move that agenda along. Um, and so I'm, I'm a resilient gal, and so I moved forward with the concept uh, with my own financing. I self-funded the idea. Um, 12 restaurants bought into it. It was wildly successful. Um, and as a chamber member, I was left out of a meeting of how they could move forward with the process without me. Well, and that's what I wanted um, you to elaborate on, too, was yeah, that um, yeah. that you had successfully executed this. And then the following year, the chamber was interested in the idea. If you could tell us yeah. a little bit more about quickly. that. Yeah, quick, quick, quickly, there was a meeting held um, with, and, and everyone was in the room, as you can imagine, I'm a member of the chamber, so I'm not an outsider. I'm a member of the chamber. I go to an organization I pay dues to and say, I've got a great idea. Um, they look at the idea and say, it's not, it's not for us, uh, but good luck. Um, and then uh, have a private meeting with the other members um, that participated to say, how did it go? Was it successful? And would you like to keep going with us, uh, with our team in the lead? Um, we have a lot more funding than Lisa has, and we'd like to take this over if you think there's something, if there's some there there. And so then you start to look at things and you say, well, wait a minute. <laughs> you didn't want to be involved in the beginning. Um, you, 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 you were so reluctant that you, you looked at, at every reason why you wouldn't, but you quickly after the, the, the event commenced, you quickly um, wanted to understand what the, what the opportunity was without mm -hmm. me um, at, 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 the, at the lead. So you, you, clearly there was bias. Uh, it was a bias-driven decision um, by, by, by the community. And then you started to see that there was, it was a, um, a disease within that organization. Um, today, that organization has renamed themselves uh, the Portsmouth Collaborative because it was definitely... Um, uh, a lot of bias against women, um, definitely people of color. Um, and so I know the new, the new 
the new uh, president is, uh, and I, I've had some conversations. Um, I was really glad to see that there was a female leading the organization now, and she saw the, the systemic uh, issues. Um, and when someone says there's not systemic racism, you have to say to yourself, come on, that clearly is a great example of systemic racism. There's a member paying dues, right? So all the boxes are checked here. There's a member of paying dues. There's a member bringing a great idea that obviously you thought had something, but you wanted to see it play out. It becomes successful, and you hold a private meeting without that particular member to say, we were just waiting to see how she did. If it's good, we're going to move forward without her. Yeah. Hey, Lisa I, Lisa, I just wanted to say we're just going to take a little bit of, bit of a break right now, and we'll be back right after this. We'd like to thank Harvard Pilgrim for supporting Down to Business. While so much has changed, Harvard Pilgrim's commitment to their members and the local community has not. Whether you're looking to shake it up, stretch it out, or get centered, Harvard Pilgrim's new live virtual well-being courses have you covered with Zumba, yoga, guided mindfulness, and more. All courses are available to everyone at no cost. Get more details and check out the class schedule at harvardpilgrim.org slash livingwellathome. So Lisa, uh, Lisa, Lisa Carter-Knight, uh, I just wanted to continue this. You, you were describing this uh, experience you had with the Portsmouth Chamber, the former Greater Portsmouth Chamber of Commerce. And it's, it, it strikes me as a kind of story that may not be untypical in New Hampshire. Have, do you know of any other situations like yours or? Uh, um, yeah, I, I, like I, do. I do, I do. I actually um, was a, a guest, um, you know, and when folks say, you know, systemic, we have to understand what that word is. I was watching CNBC this morning and, um, a member of the White House uh, Joint Chiefs of Staff said, talked about that, um, that he didn't feel. And there's a lot of people who weigh in on this, right? And, and, as, a, and as someone of color um, who's educated in business, you never want to um, be, you don't want that word, ra you know, racism to be, or racist um, in indications to be the first thing you go to. You know, when you have a level of education, yes. you understand there are biases everywhere against women, against people uh, based on their faith, the way that, uh, there's a bias against people who are, are uh, 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 homosexual, LGBTQ community, um, as well as women, uh, height, weight, right? There's all kinds of biases yes. and, and, and preferences that people have. So you never want to go there. And so I've met many colleagues that say, you know, first I thought it was this, and then I realized there um, was the issue um, with just what I look like and, and, and who, I, who I am. I, I've, in, in my time with Drinkwater, I've had many sales calls, and one person said to me, why would I even buy from you? Um, and so, yeah, and, and so you would think, you know, you say to yourself, gosh, even if I felt that way, that I wasn't comfortable with someone's face uh, or their uh, sexual preference, would I ever come out and say it? And so that's when people say the word systemic, that's, that's, that's what it means. Your, um, your preference is so strong that it's, it's, um, you feel that it's, it's something that should be set out and the other person needs to know um, because mm -hmm. their value 
in your mind is in your in your in your ecosphere the value of that individual based on their faith or the way they look or their color is so minimal that you need to let the person know that that's not ever going to happen right yeah um so that that's what we mean we um you asked the you asked a specific question so you, the answer is yes um i think uh, our governor um has done a, a, a decent job of trying to um, understand where the state lacks um, in diversity and people of color. I attended um, a conference that um, was very insightful. And I'm not sure if you guys know, but um, the, the group as well as the governor um, on diversity was, was targeted um, after uh, several meetings that he held. Um, yes, yeah, we, we, all we, did, put up, we, did a, we did a story on, on it, uh, when, when it when it occurred. Yeah. yeah. Now, um, is the interesting part, of, I feel about all that, and I, I um, because I have grown up in an environment where um, diversity and adversity, I've, I've experienced both, I, um, there was many stories to be told. And so when you write a headline that says that the, a, a state of 1% white is now going to look at other um, nationalities and ethnic backgrounds um, to bring in the state, it's not going to be a very popular um, response. Um, so he was, I think we, we're all looking for the equal opportunity, not a handout. Mm. And even in the business community, one would say, I don't want you to do business with me because I'm African-American or I'm a woman of color. I'm asking for you to look at my um, business model and my products, goods, or services, in spite of the fact <laughs> of me being African American, mm -hmm. um, and so that was sort of my message to when I sat down with the Portsmouth Collaborative years later. She, you know, she said to me, uh, the 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 current president. She said, "How would you have wanted that to turn out if if there were no biases?" And I said, "Understand, I came to the organization and said, here's a great idea. You need to look beyond the fact that I am of color and look at it as an idea." And that puts everybody on the same playing field, correct? That doesn't say we're going to do business with her because we should be doing business with a person of color and particularly a female. No one wants that. What people want is this is a great idea. I don't care what she looks like. And this is something that we need to get behind because not because it's, we want to support a, 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 a woman of color, but because it's good for everybody, right? When we all win um, in a concept like this. And that's what we, that was what we all want to happen. No one wants you to have an interview or, or talk to me or do business because of, of my face or my, my skin color. I just want the field to be even. Which, Lisa, I was going to say, too, I mean, that I get the sense, and primarily I'm based out of Manchester, but I know the Manchester area, um, you know, I quickly, I've now lived here six years, but within a couple of years, you know, I've even formed my close um, business network, and I get the sense that people really, there's also that mentality of New Hampshire of we are all in this together, and being very um, open-minded, and, you know, some people, too, are uh, I'm sure it differs in terms of people who are well-traveled and, you know, have been exposed to um, diversity. But I'm, I'm just kind of wondering on the flip side of it, you know, whether, um, uh, you know, it's good to hear about 
these challenges that you've faced because it's really eye-opening, I think, for some people that might not um, have those same experiences. But I wonder too, um, you know, if you could talk about with New Hampshire, have you seen um, being in a small state, is there a sense of community and do you get that sense of business community um, from your, your time here? Yeah, absolutely. I've been supported by some really great business owners um, and uh, even folks in that in that chamber. Um, the the Portsmouth Restaurant Week was 12 restaurant owners um, that saw beyond race um, and, and decided that this idea is good for my business. I could care less what Lisa looks like um, and who she is. This would be great for my business. And so um, all ideas being equal, this is one I need to get behind because it's going to we're all going to win. Um, so there are there have definitely been some great sense of uh, the restaurant community as one that we always look at and say that that you you can look at a restaurant organization and there's people of all eco economic levels uh, races and creeds and colors um, and sexual orientation in a lot of restaurants and I, I think that the restaurant industry does a great job of of, of being inclusive. Um, in, in their stands. It gets harder um, as you start to up the economic level um, and different uh, jobs. Um, I've had many African-American people say to me that they would love to take, take opportunities and fill some of the open positions here, but they're afraid of um, the lack of diversity. They're afraid of how people, they're going to be treated. And, and who would want to relocate? You know, if you're, if you're afraid that your kids are going to be targeted or you're not going to be made not welcome, um, so the state needs to do more. Um, we all need to do more. Uh, I'm, I'm on that. Um, and I think that was the reason the diversity uh, committees and, and councils w uh, w have been um, very active is what can we do? Um, we have a, we have a lot of potential to grow the population. We have a, the, the tech industry. We have a huge opportunity in the state to um, be another hub for tech. Uh, but, but but if you look at those hubs, San Francisco, Austin, Texas, even Nashville, they have had to really change the way they uh, attract talent. Um, and so when you, you have to really send the message that when you get here, we're going to open up our arms to, to you. Not you have to learn our way to, to survive. And there's a lot of that still exists. You know, we're New Englanders. We're New, Ham we're New Hampshire. We're not Massachusetts. We're not main. We have our own identity, and yet need to understand how to live in our live or, or uh, live free or die state, and that loses a lot of people. Yeah, that is doesn't really necessarily represent. It doesn't necessarily represent inclusive in, uh, in inclusivity. Yeah, I really that's right. Represent a very bring up a really good point about that about New Hampshire being. More open and welcoming. I know they've been, there's been efforts in, in various cities. I know M Manchester is one. Uh, I know Keene is is being is hard at work trying to get more people into the state because the major thing we have in our a problem in New Hampshire has is our demographics. So we're a very old state, and the more people you bring in from from elsewhere, you'll get younger people in, and that will help solve a lot of our problem and help our workforce problems as well. I mean, I'm you know I'm not talking about anything about to do with uh, race, with uh, ethnic background or anything. It's just a matter of having more young people coming into the state. It doesn't matter who they are. They can work. That's great. Be, yeah. And, it, and, and, and business owners often bring that up. How can I attract talent um, if we don't, if we're constantly being, um, and very proud of the fact that we're a, a state that's 
97, 98% white, right? And so we, you, you know, some some residents, you, you know, love that mantra about the state. And so we have to really uh, create some a, a campaign that talks about how diverse. There are very uh, uh, trickles of that campaign um, going on, but not every person of color wants to move here and move to Manchester, right? Mm-hmm. I, I didn't. I wanted to live in, in, in the seacoast. Yeah. Um, we have an aging population. We have low. We have uh, a low tax, low to no tax structure. We have some of the most beautiful uh, destinations in the country between the mountains and the beaches, and we are um, in it, we are in jeopardy of not being economically viable <laughs> as a state. Yeah. Uh, nothing works if you don't have uh, residents that are paying taxes um, and, and, and businesses that are paying business taxes. That makes, uh, you know, that is what pays for all of the unique uh, natural beauty that we have. So I think that the the politicians are starting to understand that. Uh, We just need to really be able to come up with some compelling campaigns that really talk um, to the people that we're trying to attract. I had a client recently address the Black Lives Matter um, movement by uh, pulling some clip art of people that clearly were not of color and painting them brown. Mm. And I was asked my thoughts mm. on it. And I said, you, if it, we're at a time now where you can't do trickles. You come off as um, not being genuine. So you have to make really, really, really bold statements. And if anyone is struggling with how to make a statement or struggling with the fact that, well, I service everyone, so I really can't address the Black Lives Movement. In advertising and marketing right now, you'll see um, brands like Nike stand behind Colin Kaepernick, make a bold mm. statement, um, and do extremely well. Yeah, I, I think that I think that's <laughs> at the heart of this is that that you know economic when it when it hurts people in the pocketbook, I think they finally wake up and realize. That I think that's one of the reasons why we're having a uh, a moment right. of awakening, really, because of that. Right. Listen, people want to hear from you. Either way, they want to know where you stand. You can't. If you're in the middle, you lose. You lose. Yeah, if you're, you're in the middle, you lose. If you, yeah. If you yeah. don't make a statement, it's the difference between them buying your product or not. Yes. Um, so you have to really understand your your audience and really say, I can't just ignore this. I have to address this, and I may not. Uh, no one's for looting. No one is for um, burning of police cars or um, or anyone getting har- harmed, but you do have to say, in this country, people have the right to protest either way. <laughs> either way, a voice can yeah. be can be heard. I may not agree with your voice, uh, but you have the right to do that. And um, and I wish you luck on on, on your movement. So it, it's it's really. Um, I, I urge a, business, a lot of my clients to take a stand, make something. I stand by you. I hear you. I hear you. I don't know what I can do about it, but I hear you, and and I, and I stand with you. And so, if you just those are just simple words to say, and then to move on with the rest of your business. But if you don't, uh, and now the movement, Black Lives Matter movement, is fascinating for me um, as a consumer behaviorist. That the the um, the speed in which this is growing. And from all economic backgrounds, ages, creeds, sexual orientation, if you're in business now and you don't make a, a statement for it or a statement to address it, 
you are losing, you're going to lose a bunch of people um, that, that would be loyal otherwise. Listen, Lisa, I unfortunately have to end it there. I, I hope we can get a chance to continue this conversation sometime in the future because it's really Thank fascinating. Thank you so much. And you're right, and you raise, raise some really, really good points I'd love to explore further. But we will have to call it uh, an end right here. This is uh, Jeff Feingold, editor of the Hampshire Business Review with Lisa Carter-Knight from Drinkwater Marketing in Exeter, Lisa Ryler, our associate editor, and Ernesto Burden, our producer and publisher. And uh, be well, everybody.